This is the Roaring Often Podcast, and we're back again in this bleak, dark, desperate world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how, how about a start there? Post-apocalyptic <laughs> wasteland of a podcast. Hey, you're a fan of Fallout, I'm not. <laughs> I am. I'm a huge fan of the Fallout universe. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Sadly. That's true. That is sad. <laughs> we should definitely do a uh, we should definitely do a Fallout podcast. Um, but uh, there are far better Fallout podcasts, like the Fallout Lawcast. By the way, um, if you're interested in a Fallout po- podcast, is uh, quite enjoyable. Okay, listeners, if Dave gives me the link, I'll put it in the show notes. If he doesn't, then blame him, not me. <laughs> I will. I will give you a link for sure. All right, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is. Something that was inspired by, uh, as you said, this was something shared to me by a wonderful person named Jonathan. Uh, hello, that uh, Jonathan, if you're listening. And uh, this is this is kind of amusing because this is a conversation that I certainly remember uh, Jon and I having uh, before in the past. And um, this is. I mean, the, as you can see, the article title is around uh, we have used too many levels of abstraction and now the future looks bleak. <sighs> I mean, abstractions are there for reasons, right? Like, not everybody wants to do everything in assembler. Yeah, but even the, the, the example that the article actually gives about, uh, yeah, I steer my car by turning a steering wheel. I don't have to know that the steering wheel is connected to the ankle bone, is connected to the hip bone, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. So, so we, we're actually saying that this article is overly dramatic, and actually, abstractions are all fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I need to consult my little handbook on how to do a podcast without thinking about it first. <laughs> so. I think there needs to be a balance of of abstractions. There also needs to be a balance of knowledge. Like I don't need to necessarily um, develop everything in assembler um, for whatever processor um, something is running on, um, but it is helpful to know the various different layers that occur in between um sort of you know whatever it is i might be developing in uh, let's say building a web page in html using a really simple example here and like what happens in between another for me another good example of this is maybe networking you know the seven layer osi stack to explain <laughs> networking um has been around for a very very long time uh Jan is chuckling in the background. I know that there are, there are some, it has some interesting problems depending on your perspective of things, but it's a reasonable way of explaining, you know, something all the way from the physical layer up to an application layer. And yeah, you know, what happens, kind of breaks it. Yeah, I know, I know, but, but, <laughs> but you wouldn't know that if it didn't have the knowledge. Exactly, exactly. So wh- why do you, why do you think that uh, why do you think or do you think I guess Jan, the future really does look bleak? 
And why is that? Yeah, I think it does bleak, uh, look bleak because of this uh, kind of stuff. And it's because it's not a nothing thing. Um, I mean, I'm totally happy that in certain organizations you have the senior people that have been around for a long time and they know the details of everything and the junior people to get them up to speed. You teach them the, the high level abstraction layer so they can get started. And then over time, and that's where it goes wrong, they should start digging deeper down and learning how the things actually work. The problem is that a lot of times they don't get the time for it. So I'm not actually blaming those people. It's just that the organizations don't allow people the time to do this. Uh, coincidentally, I just mentioned it to you. In my calendar, my workday calendar, Fridays are blocked off, no meetings. That's my enablement day. That's when I want to have um, focus time to actually go deep on things. So as a solution architect, I've explained to my users, my customers, how things work. There are so many solution architects out there that don't understand their own product. They just know the marketing slides. And if you ask them three hmm. questions deep, they're lost. I don't want to be that person. And I hate it when I was on the other side of the table. I hated having a kind of person in front of me. They really don't do a benefit to the, to the company they're working for. So yeah, having time to dig deep is really, really useful and necessary to just be able to understand and to be creative. Because you can't be creative if you don't know what the thing is built from. If I give you a Lego set and it's all built, you will only ever see the shape it comes in. If I give you the box with Lego bricks and tell you here's a plan to make something, you might make that thing or something completely different because now you can actually see the components of the thing. We typically don't work with Lego, unless if you work with Lego <laughs> company in that case, congrats. Um, but for software especially, software is kind of a building block thing. And if you don't give people the time to go through that, go deeper on how things interconnect, what the consequences are of A becoming B and things like that. Yeah, that, that really causes problems and it actually causes real day problems. Because if you look at government spending, I work in government uh, circles, so that's where my examples come from. But a lot of big IT uh, projects fail. They fail after years of effort and a lot of money being spent because initial assumptions were misguided, whatever, whatever, whatever. And a lot of that, I think, can be brought back to the actual person asking to do something, not having the knowledge and not having people in his immediate circle that have the knowledge to be able to argument decisions being wrong or bad or good or effects, causalities, things like that happening. Mm. So uh, there's another um, example, maybe angle um, of this that I think is also relevant, which is um, people taking shortcuts. <laughs> and for me, I, there's a, um, a a similarity between this and like the world of a like a car mechanic, for example, where when you're or any a lot of kind of uh, mechanical engineering type roles like the first time that you do something and you're being taught to do something you'll be taught the probably longest probably most detailed um, and probably not the way that necessarily things would get done in the real world but you'll be taught um, a way that helps you to understand and explain like all of the different steps why you're doing things the way that you're doing them 
so that you can have a greater understanding of the start to finish process and the impact that each of the different steps have. Now, once you know that, and you have some experience of doing that a couple of times, you can, excuse me, you can then decide whether or not actually you want to make certain shortcuts, like maybe you don't want to replace a certain part, or maybe you don't feel the need to use a, a specific torque wrench and, and torque setting to tighten a certain bolt, maybe just a few buzzes of an impact is, is good enough for you and for this particular use case or this particular whatever it might be, because you know that maybe the assembly and the bolts and the whatever else is holding together can can just be done that way. But if you instead just go straight to, oh, like, here's the shortcut, don't worry about this, don't worry about that, just, you know, do this, that, and the other thing, and all is good. Well, what happens if one day you're doing that and then all of a sudden things aren't all good? Mm -hmm. And actually, if you don't have that background knowledge to be able to walk some steps back and understand, well, what is it that I skipped over by taking this shortcut? Um, and I, I honestly think it's the same in the tech world. There's so much that I think we um, often sort of gloss over and, you know, take the easy route to certain, through certain discussions. And then lo and behold, you get towards the end of a conversation or a negotiation or a project or whatever it might be. And, you know, things leap out of the darkness and, and bite you in the bum because you didn't do all of the due diligence. Like you, one of the most common examples that I see um, within within my world, and this has been the case for many, many years, has been people making assumptions. You know, like I worked with company X, they had, they had problem Y, I'm now working with company Z, they start telling me about their problems, I automatically assume they have the same problems. And therefore, you know, maybe you cut them off, maybe you, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen this before, because you want to show how 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 knowledgeable you are and how um, how relevant your experience is and, and all that sort of thing. But you may well be making a completely false assumption. And even if you maybe let them finish, if you don't then dig into that conversation further to make sure that you validated your understanding of whatever it is that they were sharing about you, the likelihood of you having a misunderstanding somewhere down the line is very, very high. And this is something that I, I see all the time. Yeah, and I think young people are both to blame and not to blame because I think the school system has changed a lot. Now, I do have a long gray beard now, so I can say in my day, in the olden days, uh, things were harder. And I'm not just saying this by myself, it's just that in the school systems, over time, maths has become simplified. Uh, we used to have very difficult maths where you had to, not just uh, doing the one plus one is two and things like that, but the modern mathematics that was called in my part of the world, not sure what's called, what's called somewhere else, where kids were actually being taught logical thinking. And a lot of that stuff has been taken out of the curriculums again because it's deemed too complicated and a lot of shortcuts and uh, sideways are being taught instead, which allowed them to be effective, I mean, they can function, but without actually understanding why these things function. And as you said, if you then become to a certain situation where something isn't 100% as it should have been, as predicted, as predictions have said it would have been, 
you lack the knowledge to be creative and fix anything about that. I mean, that's not the fault of the young people, that's the fault of the system. What I do blame uh, young people, but young people don't mean people with not a lot of age, but people that are new in a role. So junior people, mm. people are coming in somewhere. I do blame them for not saying no. So quite often people just say, mm. uh, you want me to do this? Uh, okay, uh, I'll use that framework, I'll use that tool, I don't need to know it. Or, yeah, I can do this, it's okay, it's fine. And then they do something, they make something without actually knowing how it works. They put it in production, it's there now, and now it's part of the ecosystem and somebody else needs to fix it if it breaks. A lot of people, because they, I don't, maybe because they're afraid of losing uh, their need to be there or because they don't want to say they don't know something, a lot of reasons for that, they just accept to do things without requiring from their higher-ups I will do this, but I need X amount of time to go through things so I can study this thing, so I can look at this thing, so I can understand this thing, and then I can give you a quality product. That step, that potential, that, that gift of time to do something well is not given anymore for free and is not being asked for anymore either. And that kind of leads to people taking shortcuts because well, if I don't have the time to do it right, I'll just do it quick and dirty then. Mm. Me, personally, I'm old. <laughs> Ask my manager. He knows me. If he asks me to do something, I'll probably do a decent job. Uh, but I'm going to take my time doing it. I'm not going to get hurried unless emergencies. I mean, if the thing is on fire, okay, I'll take a fire extinguisher and start <laughs> blowing on the fire before I understand why it actually started fire. Obviously, there are exceptions there. But on, as a general rule, I insist on getting the time to do something right so that if something goes wrong, I can fix it, and even better, mm. I can creatively think of all the things that could go wrong as much as possible, and already have that included in whatever I'm doing. Uh, I th I have a subtly different perspective mm -hmm. on this because that's his way of saying I'm totally wrong. By the way, I mean maybe, um, <laughs> especially when we're talking about people new in roles. Um, I I think far more of the emphasis is on the person issuing the task than on the person new in role. Uh, and again, this may be a this may be a maturity thing. This may be a how much experience does this person have? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the the ability um, and the the level of comfort that someone needs to be able to push back and say, actually, I need more time for this. It does take more experience i think we i think people that are earlier on in their roles often just assume that oh like if i'm being asked to do this with this level of timing or whatever it might be or this level of context then they just assume that this is normal and if they can't do it um then you know maybe they're terrible people and don't have the skills and knowledge and ability to be there now that is almost certainly not the case and it's almost certainly that the person asking for this to be done a certain way in a certain timeline has probably forgotten because maybe they've been in this industry or in this space for a long time maybe forgotten what it's like when you first start in, the, in a role like this and what the expectations are and i i put far more onus on the people issuing those tasks to make sure they you know have more of that in mind when having these kind of conversations because it is again this is something that unfortunately i still see 
all the time where people are to your point kind of given like hey can you go and do this thing and a person goes off and does that thing to the best of their ability um maybe does you know as, as good a job as they could do but if they weren't given the additional context if they weren't given the time to your point to go and figure it out uh, i i wouldn't expect someone new in role to be pushing back as much necessarily now obviously if that person has a lot more experience maybe not in this space but in a related space and maybe recognizes some of the warning signs of these situations then yeah absolutely but I think more of it comes to me, at least on the the person issuing the task. Um, I still disagree that the the person, the junior person, should, should still be able to say no. Now, I agree with you that they probably don't because they are insecure because they haven't been given enough background in their schooling or previous jobs to have that confidence. And again, looking at myself, the first job I ever had was working in an IT department, uh, writing in, internal software. Um, great. The first thing I did was read all the code of their internal framework. I didn't just read the API. No, I went in the code, downloaded all the, it was, it was C++, and I read everything. Now, a lot of the guys there said, I was crazy. Why the hell are you doing this? My direct manager said, great, you're doing this. And I was able to be productive very, very quickly. But at first, I did say, you want me to do these things? Sure. But first, I'm going to read through this stuff because I want to know what I'm doing. And again, education has changed a lot over time. I am old, it's a fact. And I am agreeing that young people are no longer given that confidence anymore. They're given confidence in different ways, in social interactions, things like that, which I was very bad at. I'm not perfect, far from it. So the focus has shifted from technical knowledge to social knowledge, from IQ to EQ, I guess is the way to say this. And while more EQ is good. I mean, yes, that was a deficit on my part, definitely. I do think we should give uh, young people enough confidence that they should be able to go to their first job. Uh, I'm not talking about the job in the supermarket filling uh, produce in the, in the racks, but an actual first job job, that they would be able to, to kind of push back on, yeah, sure, I can do this. I know I can do this. I have these capabilities, but I need training, education, time to look at stuff, things like that. And you say it's the person giving the orders. Ideal world, it's both. I mean, ideal mm. world, they both take on the yeah. content. But if I'm giving orders and I get somebody new here and somebody told me, this person has been hired to do this job and we've looked at the CV, he's controlled the uh, uh, job interview and everything. So we think he's capable of that. I will accept, okay, he's capable of that. I'm not supposed to be looking at his whole history to see how hard is what I'm asking for to this person. I should be able to say, okay, this needs to be done. Can you do this? You say yes. Okay, you can do this. Have fun at it. So, yeah, I mean, it goes from both sides. Hmm. But at the moment, in the job market, and it's very weird, actually, because the job market is very much focused on the employee at the moment. This is definitely this part of the world. This is shortage of people. People are trying to find talented people everywhere. So you have a lot of power as an employee to just push back a little, don't say I won't do it, but just go back. Okay, you want me to do this? I can do this, I can do it quick and dirty, or if you give me a week, I can dig deep in it and I'll give you a better product. You, sir, decide what I need to do. You, madam, sir, decide what I need to do. So it does need to be the person just saying no, but it can be yes, but, which is a totally fine way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. 
So maybe one one final point, because we're starting to run a little long. One of the things I actually really like in the article that inspired this is it does have a little uh, set of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six little uh, little guidelines. And I we, we won't go over all of them. I actually recommend you go and check the article out. It's quite good. That's it. That's, that's the one. Advice to people studying technology. Um, and the, the, maybe the two that I would call out are stay curious, keep learning and experiment. Like that, that whole thing there really, really resonates with me. Yeah. And the second one is question everything. Yeah. You know, it's if you're in, I mean, sort of, <laughs> but like staying curious, you can do on your own. Question everything requires you to be in an environment where you are supported. And I think that to me is the sure. difference. If you have someone that question, and I, I've seen this uh, unfortunately too, too often, um, I've seen this in situations where people are not supported. They question things uh, quite rightly, in my opinion. And they're seen as well, you know, you're not a team player, or you're mm -hmm. not supportive, or you're, oh, don't don't be such a naysayer. Like yeah, we yeah, can yeah, do yeah, it yeah, if we yeah, all, yeah. and like it's not it's not about that. We're asking questions because because we want to be successful, and some of this is in how you ask the questions, and some of this is the tone, and some of this is also how other people hear the question. But I think if you're in an environment where you are supported and people understand the the growth mindset and the mentality of asking questions and what that really means, I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, for me, I would just pick out the first one to never just follow a hyper trend. And definitely in these days of uh, Gen AI madness and in the yesterdays of blockchain madness, um, I think a lot of stuff with hype stuff can be done. I mean, hype is usually based on good tech i mean blockchain is good tech you can say what you want the technology behind is not bad it's just that because people don't dig deep they just apply it on everything and anything and that spells disaster and bleak futures indeed well with that unless there's anything else from you nope take me away from this apocalyptic environment <laughs> well that then is all the time we have for today you can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. We are on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all the YouTube things. You can also go to roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. I mean, no one's going to follow us on X nowadays. Um, but you can very much send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is Question Everything Dave. And my name is I Know Everything About How This Podcast Gets Together. And you'll find that out when we come back to our Behind the Podcast series soon to talk about the technical stuff. Yon. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week with an even longer outro. I tried to be quick and concise. Are you saying you didn't do it right? Goodbye. See you later.